Hello and welcome back to the Christian Contrast Podcast, where we talk about the ways in which Christ calls us to live differently in the world around us. My name is Garrett, and today I'm joined by Dan. Hey guys. All right, today we're talking about a very interesting topic, and that topic is why you shouldn't go to church. Dan, why don't you uh, tell us a little bit about what we mean by that? For sure. Well, we um, one of the things we talked about a while ago when we realized the pandemic was waning <laughs> And things were uh, things that were difficult were going to be beginning to change. We knew we as a church were getting ready to head back inside, which we've been inside as of recording this for three weeks. Um, and one of the concerns that many of us had was we were excited. We wanted to celebrate. This is a great thing that we're going back inside. Um, but we also recognized that there was danger. Danger lay ahead mm. because it was going to be so much easier for us to get right back into customer mode when we'd spent a year being uncomfortable in ways that were really healthy for us um, and were really things that God used to, to strengthen those flexibility muscles of saying church, and especially if we're talking about Sunday mornings, Sunday mornings are not just something where I go and am as comfortable as I can possibly be. There's kids crying in the front row and there's a helicopter flying overhead yeah. and there's birds nesting in the, <laughs> in the tent, in the tent, which everybody loved. And, and so it was one of those things where we said, it's so good that we can go back inside, but danger lay ahead because it's so easy to get back into the mode of saying I'm the customer and I expect certain things when I attend to church service, just in the same way that if we go to a restaurant and we pay for our meal and we get service that we're not crazy about and the food isn't exactly what we thought and things are too loud or somebody's rude to us, we just think, eh, I don't need to go there anymore. Um, yeah. It's easy to get right back into that. And so we wanted to do an episode to talk about our mindset for the church as a whole, but in particular for Sunday mornings and what it looks like for us to come to Sunday mornings as a customer, mm -hmm. so things we want to get away from, versus coming to Sunday mornings as a member of the family and really embracing that idea. Yeah, you know, one thing that's interesting about this this topic is as as we look at church culture as a whole, it's not always those who attend that have led into this consumeristic. I think even as church leaders sometimes. A hundred percent. I think like we have great intentions. We sit down, how can we improve service? Not just us. I mean, church in America for 50 years, like how can we, why can we make it better? I mean, wouldn't these chairs be more comfortable than these chairs? Wouldn't it be easier if the worship lyrics were just up there instead of in a book? Like why not improve uh, the experience, not just for your church members, but for those who are guests and searching for God? But I think with great intentions and wanting to make the service really great and comfortable, I think, like you said, we kind of realize that that's maybe why some people attend church. Maybe they don't know that, but one of the reasons why right. is it's just so easy and so comfortable and they go and it's skewered directly towards them. It's easy to understand. There's no birds flying around. It's comfortable temperature. The you know All these things leads to when those things are removed, uh, attending church is now optional. Yeah, and I think it is. I think you're 100% right. Um, and I think it's a it, it's this cycle. And uh, I don't mean to be you know, overly, you know, I don't mean to be exaggerating when I say this, it's a satanic cycle. Hmm. And what I mean by that is just, it's, it's the enemy getting us in a trap, getting away from what the church is meant to be. Whereas leaders, we say, okay, we are going to make the Sunday service um, as good as possible for somebody so that they like it a lot. And what we get from that is they like it, we get pats on the back, maybe they give, we get job security. So that's sort of our end of the satanic cycle. Mm -hmm. And then for the attenders end of it, it's okay, well, I'll come and maybe I'll give and maybe even volunteer as long as 
I like the music. The sermon seems applicable to where I'm at right now at this moment, and they have a good kids program. And we just get into this, you know, symbiotic relationship, and we're both willing to live with that. Right. Um, and then something goes wrong, and suddenly we as church leaders are like, hey, why are you guys all treating us like you're our customers? Mm -hmm. And many of them could probably say, because you've trained us to do that. Right. And so it's it a hundred percent is something that's on both sides. And as we as leaders want to get away from it, we need to take responsibility for saying, you know, this is like a Frankenstein's monster thing. Um, part of this is what we've created by the way that we've done things. And we want to be diligent to move away from it. And we want to invite church members to be diligent to move away from it as well. Yeah, I think it's important. I think it's one of the benefits of, of what we learned during COVID was those things were stripped away from us. We couldn't use the all the, the ways we've improved service when we we're outside, and yet we found it more meaningful. And we found people and ourselves growing in new ways and the services being um, easily just as good as if when they were yeah. inside and in temperature-controlled rooms and all the technology. And we thought, what can we learn from that to bring back to now that we are inside? And not only are we going to have some of these things, because we should use some of the, the resources that we have here in our church building, but uh, what are the, some of the things that we should avoid now that we are going back inside? Yeah. So, so what I did, and, and this can be kind of the basis of our discussion, I, I, I wrote down three, um, three signs that we're becoming customers. Mm -hmm. So we can talk about those. And then I also wrote down, uh, I don't know if there are three signs, but three things that we all can do, leaders and members, everybody, to really embrace the idea that we're members. Um, so not just sort of uh, us taking a podcast episode to say, hey, we're going to rip on consumerism, but to say, right. here's signs that we've fallen into this and here's ways out of it. Um, and the first one that I thought of is, you know, you, you are probably embracing a customer mentality if you ever say, I can't worship if. Hmm. I can't worship if the words aren't on the screen. I can't worship if the music's too loud, if it's a song that I don't like, if, you know, and, and worship might apply to this sermon as well. I can't worship through the sermon if um, the subject is about marriage and I'm a single person, or if the there's a long section on masculinity and I'm a woman, whatever it is. I can't worship if this surface thing, not I can't worship if there's doctrinal heresy, that might be legitimate. I can't worship if some peripheral surface thing is not in line with what I'm used to or what I like. Yeah, I think that's really important. I, and I know both of us have been in ministry for a long time, but we've probably had some well-intentioned people try to give some some advice or constructive criticism on how to make the, the worship uh, experience better. And, but sometimes it feels like, you know, um, I couldn't worship because these things were wrong. And if you fix these things, it would be easier for me. And I remember some, some key times in my experience where, you know, people have come up and say things like, you know, um, you know, I couldn't hear it very well. I remember one time at a church, we decided to play a song in Spanish. We had some of some of our people in the congregation who that was their first language and, and many who that was their, their second language. And we had some, some people say that, you know, while they appreciate that, they just felt like they couldn't worship in that song. So they wondered why we chose to have a song where not everyone can worship. It's like, well, we're here to worship God and this whole service is for God. And sometimes we're going to have to put our own preferences second. Yeah. When I think it's it's a sign, often when we, when we say this, it's a sign that we've misunderstood. And I think you're alluding to this, we, that we've misunderstood worship, where what we typically mean as, I was not able to emotionally engage at the level that I want to emotionally engage. Mm -hmm. 
because there was something that wasn't wasn't appealing or was confusing. And um, I, I was glad you brought up the the Spanish thing because I I remember and this was back um, at the church I was a part of in Oregon. Um, one time in a worship service, them playing a video of a church that we were partnering with in Africa. Um, and, and we had we had, had the opportunity to give them a big offering. And so they were sending a video to say thank you. And then they also um, like shared a song with us. And the song literally, now, first of all, it was, it was in another language. So we weren't even you know understanding the words, but we were told what the words were. The words, there was one line that they sang over and over again. And it was, Jesus is number one. Mm-hmm which we might be like, well, that's shallow. That's not the deepest lyric in the world. The the dancing and mm. the celebrating and the joy and the musical harmonies and all, like nobody watching this could have said that is not worship, mm-hmm. what we're seeing and what we're engaging in with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, you and I have both had opportunities to be at worship services overseas mm-hmm. where you're sitting there saying, you know, this is in Lithuanian or this yeah. is in some other language. And I, you yeah. know, I can't worship if it's in Lithuanian. That's not true. You absolutely can. And so we're all going to have our preferences. We're all going to have the songs that we like listening to on our phone at other times. When we start saying, I can't worship if yeah. um, we've crossed over and we we've lost the sense that the main question is the person that we're worshiping, not how I'm right at that moment feeling about my experience in it. Yeah, um, yeah Jeff, Jeff Taylor, when he led worship a few weeks ago, talked about it, just reminded us, worship is never about us. There's never a moment when it's about us. God is good and allows us to experience the euphoria sometimes of just the person that we're connecting with, um, but it's never about us. So it's a sign for us to look out for to say, if I'm saying... I can't worship if it's it's probably a sign we've crossed into customer mode. For sure. For um, sure. A, a second one that I wrote down is, and this this relates to church in general, but maybe to the worship service to say, um, you ghost people when they offend you. Hmm. Um, you're in the communication realm. So in case I'm not using it correctly, explain to us what it means to ghost a person. To, to pretend like they don't exist. Yeah. To act like they're not, you don't even notice them. Yeah. It's like you just go, you know, not returning texts, yeah. you know, anything like that. And again, I think of it like, hey, man, if you go to a, a department store and you get lousy service or somebody says something that you don't like, um, you can always say to yourself, oh, I'm never going to see this person again. Yeah. You're a part of a church. That's never the way that we should think about things. Um, the idea of, all right, if this person, whether it's a congregation member, whether it's something that the pastor said that rubbed me the wrong way and felt a little insensitive, um, whether it's something that happened in passing, whether I said hi to somebody and it seemed like they ignored me, mm-hmm. um, to get into the habit of saying, because I'm offended by somebody, instead of leaning in and saying, we're family, we better work this out that we just go dark mm-hmm. and just say, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to just ignore this person. Yeah. And this seems like, I don't know, Dan, it seems like a really hard one. Cause I think, you know, in, in our culture, it's hard to embrace conflict in a healthy way at any type of level, let alone on kind of a regular basis, kind of to get into those conversations, to, to share that you were offended and, or, or to ask for forgiveness for something that offense that you caused someone. And I think that, I think people are just coming to, and myself included, the situations where you're like, I just want to avoid it at all costs mm. and ends up leading to, like you said, just ignoring people, ignoring opportunities or for you to, 
to reconcile that relationship for it to be better and also ignoring chances to display the gospel and forgiveness yeah. you know in a real way yeah and i think it i, I think that you're right a, a lot of us just avoid the discomfort of it but i think all of us or, or at least the vast vast majority of us um if the conflict is with a person that's important enough to us we lean in and say i'm going to work this through i'm i'm not going to avoid you know i can't just avoid my wife for the rest of my life so we're going to have to at some point talk you know my adult kid or my my not adult kid or my mm -hmm. brother or my sister um i i think that there are relationships that are important enough to us that we say all right i've got to figure this out and sometimes you do just get over it they end up saying it's not that big a deal we don't need to have a talk about this and if it's not that big a deal then you move on yeah but if it is a big enough deal that you're saying, I'm really, and again, it could be something that I say from, and it could be maybe genuine that it, that it's a legitimate hurt that somebody has because I say something flippantly. In fact, I, I had a woman who's part of our church, this was years ago, that I said something and it, and it's the point I was making, I stand by. I, I think that the point I was making was legitimate and needed to be made, but I said it in a very flippant way. Kind of said, it's silly to say this or silly to think this. Mm. I, I think, again, I was correct but to say that's just silly that's mm -hmm. just foolish instead of saying i think this is not biblical and this is the more biblical way to talk about it um it brought her genuine hurt and she emailed me and we had a back and forth that ended up being very very healthy you know still see her all the time very healthy relationship with her now um there was healing that happened through that but i mean good for her for instead of just being like well i'm gonna just avoid talking to Dan, that she came to me about it and said, mm -hmm. I was very hurt by what you said because what you said was silly was something very meaningful to me. Um, it, it's a healthy thing. And it was healthy for me because I grew in my tact through her right. doing that. It wasn't just her getting her off her chest. I had an opportunity to grow because a sister in Christ cared enough about me to to say that something was hurtful to her. Yeah, no, that means that's like coming to church and taking the um, attention off yourself because you want to avoid conflict and really realizing that it's about the community of believers and that there's things you can do that can harm that or things that you do that you can grow that deeper and, and dealing with the conflicts and dealing with the offenses. Uh, it's not for your sake. I mean, it is for your sake, but it's also for the sake of the community. Yeah. And, uh, and I'll give a third one and that this one might be more on the nose. Um, you, you're probably acting as a customer, especially on Sundays, if you're never uncomfortable. Um, if you're never uncomfortable with something in the sermon that mm -hmm. you're like, oh, that either is challenging what I think about God or that's challenged me to do something that I'm not currently doing. If there's never a moment in a song where you're sort of like, eh, this isn't my ideal song choice or guitar or music or whatever. Um, if you're never uncomfortable or I know and, you know, I, I know people that at least in the past um, have stayed out the entire music time and then walked in for the sermon because they've said, and it hasn't been because they've said, I think the music is unbiblical or we're singing something bad. They just said, I just, you know, can't worship to that. Mm -hmm. um, if we're never uncomfortable, I mean, we're, we're thinking about what we're doing at a worship service. We are looking to draw near and encounter the living God and his word coming to us in power through the Holy Spirit to teach and correct and convict and rebuke the idea that we're looking at this, and this is again, one where we as church leaders have guilt because we frequently for decades have said, we just want to create a comfortable environment. Mm -hmm. You know, you read the Bible, when God is at work, it is rarely comfortable. Mm -hmm. So 
if we're saying, well, I found a way to do church in a way that I'm never uncomfortable, um, that's very harmful. And we, we certainly have crossed over into customer territory there. Yeah, it makes me think of sacrifice. And we talked about this in the summer Bible study a couple of weeks ago. Like uh, God is going to, at times in your faith, ask you to sacrifice. But even if coming to church, if it doesn't cost you anything, like if it's so easily into your lifestyle, you know, it's because, it's because you weren't already doing something on Sunday morning. And, you know, you can always find a great parking spot up front, always get the kids into the service that you want to get the kids mm-hmm. into, um, then I, then it's about you. Because even coming, and we've all been a part of churches and in in, on mission trips in other countries where just gathering together is difficult, if not illegal and dangerous. Absolutely. No technology sometimes, outdoors. Um, it's okay that if you have to sacrifice some to be a part of church yeah to your faith if you sacrifice time things that other families are doing and sports games and sporting events i mean i was in youth ministry for almost 15 years and i'd have families it's whatever season it's baseball season it's basketball season so you won't see us for 12 weeks but after that we'll be back and it's like you know that's a really hard thing to say to someone who's trying to build you know your student's faith that you're telling your student that for 12 weeks you know it's baseball not church or yeah. not youth group or not mission trips and winter camps, you know, and it's okay if you're going to have to say, no, I, we're not going to do these things. Even if that means culturally that looks like a sacrifice that, that, but it's really, I mean, you're building up your faith. You really, you know, you're really doing the thing that God wants you to do by being involved yeah. in a church. And, and it's true what you're saying, just about the whole idea of not only how we're behaving when we gather on Sundays, but with kind of our, you know, that, that sometimes there's a, that there's the person that wants to stay around and talk. The, there's the person that's like, I get in, I get out and I'm gone. And even like, I get to do it on the early service and then I get on with the rest of my day. Mm-hmm. And just to think for a minute to say, like, how, how did we come to the point that of saying that's the way we're meant to engage with the family of God, especially on the, the day that we celebrate the Lord's resurrection? Um, but I think also, like you're saying, I, I know at different times when there's serving opportunities, um, because there's lots during the week, but there's also ones on Sundays that there will pe- be people who say, well, I, like, I don't, I don't know if I want to commit to that because I don't know if I want to commit to being there every Sunday. Mm. Everybody misses Sundays here and there. You know, n- yeah. nobody, w- we're not sitting here talking about this saying, hey, if you miss a Sunday ever, you're just, you know, right. walking with the devil. We, we understand everybody does that. Um, but the idea that we would look at our, our connection to the body of Christ and say, well, I'm, I'm going to make sure I don't miss out on these other things that are very valuable to me. Um, maybe for some of the people listening, you're not, you're like, gosh, I don't really remember the last time I was uncomfortable in a worship service. I love the music. I love our time in God's word. I love the prayer and the scripture. I like, I love all that. Um, then maybe you're meant to be a little bit uncomfortable by serving the kids or by greeting people, or even if you don't have a formal role by just walking around on Sundays and looking for people that look lonely or confused and seeing if you can help them or pray with them. Um, This is something that for years I've looked to do. And I'm just like, I am not the most observant person with this. They are out there. Mm. If you have your eyes open, you can find people that need a touch from God. And so even if you don't have a formal role, just saying, I'm, I'm attending with my eyes open to how God might work and how there might be somebody who's in need that I can bring a touch from God yeah. to. Yeah, that's important. Like if you're if you're comfortable, maybe it means that you need to, to go deeper and, and yeah. do something that you know is stretching you and challenging your faith. Maybe it's talk to someone, maybe it's go on a go team, you know, maybe mm-hmm. it's getting more involved in, in leadership and in serving. 
um, so that you can really seek discomfort on a regular basis for the sake of the gospel. Yeah. I mean, it might be similar. If somebody's going to the gym and every exercise right. that they're doing, they're able right. to do without breaking a sweat. Yeah. The trainer is going to be like, dude, <laughs> it's time to up the do reps. Or, like you're, you're not benefiting from this anymore. Right. Um, but I did, I, you know, I, I realized that I was preparing for this. I was like, wow, this could be really negative. Uh, I want us to talk about positive things that we can do. We've already alluded to some of them, but things that we can do if we say, man, we're in a consumer uh, culture, this is so easy to fall into. How do we fight it? What are things that we can do? Um, and the first thing that I want to say is we can come to Sundays being prayed up and prepared for what God is going to do. Um, whether that's gathering together, if you're a family, gathering together as a family on Saturday night, or if you're eating dinner dinner together and you're just saying, hey, tomorrow we are gathering. Like, I don't even like the term going to church. I, I know why we use it, but we are gathering together with our church family tomorrow. And we want to pray that God works through what we do and works specifically through what we do. And to take the time to prayerfully approach what we're going to experience how much more would our eyes be open to what God's doing mm. if we're not just rolling in out of habit, but we're really mm -hmm. expecting God's going to do something when we're together. Yeah, that's good. If, if you hear me do someone like the online service, let's often say like, prepare your hearts for worship because what we're about to do is, is it's maybe the most significant spiritual thing you'll do all week long. And, and hopefully you're also, you know, in your word and, but it's a big deal to get together and to worship and we should prepare for that moment. It shouldn't be like you said, just rolling in. This is going to be easy. This is going, I'm going to get some out of it. It's going to be good for me to go. But instead, this is a sacred space. Like I'm about to go in. The Holy Spirit's going to be present. We're, we're going to worship, you know, um, that's spiritually significant and, yeah. and it's a spiritual experience. And so to, to like you say, pray, to get prayed up before you go, because you really need to prepare your heart for, for this spiritual experience to connect with God and yeah. not treat it as, as some type of just informative um, concert. Yeah. Well, and you can look at it. You could say, you know, all right, we, we believe God is always with us. Um, not just when we show up on Sundays. All right. hundred percent true. We believe every ministry, every program or every ministry or every gathering that we have for our church, we, th those are all important and things that God walks through, uh, that God works through. The Sunday morning gathering, there's a specialness about it for a couple reasons. And the first is that everybody's, at least theoretically, everybody's there, or at least everybody's welcome. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not student ministry where it's like, all right, this age group, we're going to gather and it's going to be awesome. But if you're a 30 year old, sorry, you know, it's not men's ministry where it's like, all right, if you're a woman, you got your own thing. Um, this is where everybody's there. You know, if, if we had the space, we would do it all in one service. We'd have our whole church family there coming together on Sunday because the Lord rose on a Sunday and because that is the pattern of the church to do the things like prayer and singing and communion and fellowship and scripture. There's an extra anticipation. This is a place that we expect God to work. And so coming in saying, we're ready. We're mm -hmm. thinking about this. We're not just rolling in saying, what are they going to do? Mm -hmm. We're saying, what is God going to do and how are we going to be a part of it? Yeah. And even to the point that we've even asked recently for some participation yeah. from the congregation. Uh, it's not every week, but, you know, be thinking this week. Maybe we don't ask it this Sunday or the next Sunday that you watch this. But if that opportunity is there, what is God, how is God moving in your heart that you might share a word? Yeah. And, and that's the way to begin to take the focus also off of what's happening on the stage exclusively to what's happening in my heart. Yeah. And that was, I'm glad you brought it up because that was an intentional thing that those of us in leadership said, we want to do our part to facilitating us away from 
you're supposed to be comfortable all the time. And so under the tent, we did a lot more participatory things. Like mm-hmm. you said, we've kept those, you know, if somebody's trying to figure out the pattern, every fourth Sunday is when <laughs> we have that open mic scripture oh, reading time, oh. come ready. You know, every first Sunday is when we have the group prayer time, come ready. I mean, come ready every Sunday because you never know what we're gonna do. Right. But, but just the idea of saying, I can be an active participant through my singing and through my listening and through my amens, but it's sometimes also by bringing a word that God has prepared my heart for to be able to share. Yeah. Um, coming ready. A second thing we can all do is we can all rejoice in the joy of other worshipers. Hmm. Um, I don't know if this is the same with you, but uh, when I was growing up, kind of the mantra for the music time was sort of like, close your eyes, just you and God having mm-hmm. this moment. Um, and it's not that that's never valuable, but that's not the New Testament model. Right. You get both Colossians and Ephesians where Paul talks about the idea that we are singing to one another, which we're like, no, we're singing to God. Yes, we're singing to God, but we're also singing to one another with psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Yeah. And just this last Sunday, Andy talked about it, about the idea that we rejoice in the worship with one another. Um, I, I remember finally being able to get over this because for years I've been told, hey, when, when you're worshiping, don't look around. I look around. I look around and sometimes I have tears brought to my eyes Mm -hmm. because it's a song that I'm sort of like, eh, I could take it or leave it. It's not my favorite. Um, And I'm seeing people lose themselves Mm. in worship, embracing the truths of who they are in Christ and what God has done for them. Um, Man, if we're really getting away from the customer mentality, I I just say anytime for any of us, anytime there's a song that you're like, eh, the song's not my favorite, like no big objection, just not my favorite. participate, but look around, look around at the people that are losing themselves in connecting with God in a special way and celebrate that. Yeah, that's, that's so good. One of my most significant experiences worshiping was when I was uh, visiting a uh, university group at Cal State Fullerton, a very, very diverse group of, of believers, and they're leading worship. They do a song in English, they do a song in Spanish, which I thought was cool, but then they did a song in Mandarin. Hmm. And to know, for me to know that one, God is so much bigger than me in my own experience growing up in America and the language that I speak, that God, that you can worship God in a language that doesn't even use the same, you know, alphabet system. But to know that for some of these students, this was significant to yeah. hear that. I thought this is, what an honor. That their hearts to be. leapt at that moment. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. It was just such a cool experience to, to, to be a part of a worship service where, where other people are connecting in a meaningful way. Uh, was really cool. Yeah. And just the the last thing I want to throw out is just, and this is for all of us, when there's an opportunity to criticize, choose to participate. Mm. Um, we are just, we are just a culture of mockers in the United States. We were talking about movies before we started recording yeah. <laughs> and we've seen everything. So we'll be watching a billion dollar budget movie and we'll be like, eh, can you believe Yeah, it's usually it? about the movies that we don't like. It's usually it is. where it goes. We'll sit there, we'll scoff. Well, ah, that was a bad cut. Oh, did you see that? They broke character. It, we are just a culture of scoffers. We sit next to our friends at concerts and movies and worship services and we needle each other when something awkward happens. Um, yeah. Or like the Olympics, like oh man, that one. They all got they all got gold, but that guy who got that's last, right. Yeah, man, yeah. That guy trip. should take pole vaulting lessons. <laughs> <Yeah>. Like <laughs> we constantly do this. There's always going to be every worship service. I guarantee it. There will always be an opportunity to mock and to <laughs> criticize. Yeah. Choose to participate. Um, yeah. Choose to get beyond it and say, 
What can I do to contribute to the success? I, I've tried to do this in all facets of my life. I've tried, if, if I'm in a meeting and it's being led by somebody and I'm like, oh, they're not doing a very good job leading this meeting, I feel like the spirit immediately convicts me and I'm like, what can I do to help this meeting be better? Um, man, that is just a better way to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um, to look at the worship, and even if you're looking at it, maybe we're doing the open mic scripture reading time and uh, you're watching and you're like, this isn't going very well, mm-hmm. and maybe Dan didn't do a very good job introducing it, and people aren't quite sure what to do. Ah, let's see what happens. Um, instead, to say, oh, wait a second, if this isn't going very well, maybe I, there's something that I can do to help this, to help the family of God, and being able, instead of being able to sort of maintain my dignity and walk out with my friends later and be like, they didn't do that very well. Mm-hmm. Um, when there's an opportunity to criticize, which there always will be, choose to participate, yeah. choose to contribute to the building up of the body. I like that. I and mean, there's a good chance that that's connected to someone's gifting. Maybe mm-hmm. they have an eye for something that they see the opportunity to criticize, you know, whether it's something technical or something creative or, and the reason why they, they notice that is because maybe they have a heart for that and they just have a deep desire for that to be, um, to be better, to, to be improved. And for you to say, instead of criticize, look to participate, that could be the Holy Spirit working in your heart that, that this is where you need to be involved. Not that it's so bad that you have to save everything, but that you noticed it and other people might not be noticing that, but you notice it because you're being called to get a, to be involved in that, to be uh, part of that. Absolutely, absolutely. It could be a sign of saying, wait a second, maybe they don't realize that this is bad and distracting. I can be helpful. Yeah, I have something to offer here, not just by, like you're saying, rescuing it in the moment, but by actually helping this be a more fruitful thing for my church yeah. family. And absolutely, and that's a great opportunity for people to realize that all the things that we do in church takes people involved to serve in those areas, and we ask people to serve in their gifting and things that they would be that God has called them to do and that God has gifted them, and and just coming to a service expecting to never serve or never get involved is going to lead to more opportunities to kind of criticize something because when you're participating and helping it happen, you're more likely to take pride in that and want that yeah. to, to go well. Yeah, you stop criticizing when it's your thing. Right. And and if we all and and that's part of it. This is going to be this is not going to be a quick fix for any of us as American Christians. Like we are in a consumer culture. We will be fighting this battle probably for the rest of our lives. But man, there are things that we can do to lean in and benefit brothers and sisters and experience God doing things in our lives that will never happen if we're sitting on the sidelines taking pot shots and pointing out things that we don't like. Um, yeah. God has much more for us in that, and our lives are going to be that much richer if we embrace it. Um, well, I just want to say for for those of you who've watched and listened, um, maybe there's something in this that struck you in a specific way. Maybe you want to dialogue about it. Um, maybe there's something else that you either want to push back on or you want to say, here's something else that I see as part of this. Um, we love that conversation. We love to engage in it. So if you leave a comment on here and start a conversation, man, we would love to get into that. Um, and also we have other videos like this from the Christian Contrast podcast that you can find. You can download them on YouTube or you can see them on our church website, lbf.church. Um, thanks so much for taking the time to listen. We look forward to the next time that we talk about how the gospel of Jesus leads us to do, live differently than the culture around us. Thanks so much, and we'll see you next time. Yeah.